0: something deeper. So I tried to look at it from that point of view. Uh, Solomon obviously is a king. Uh, we know that most of you guys do. If you didn't, he was a king. Uh, he is the son of David, David and Bathsheba. If you know about Bathsheba, there's just quite a story there. Uh, long includes David, but, um, not a a great start to their relationship. But, uh, out of there, that relationship comes King Solomon and all this wisdom. Uh, so much so that, in First Kings, you can read about how Queen of Sheba. It's believed that maybe she was from like the area around Ethiopia or Yemen, but she was a queen and she came to just hear of this great wisdom that was coming out of King Solomon. And I, I just think about that. Like I want that to, to to be. I want that to be my life. I want that God is speaking through me in such a way that that people want to hear it. Not what I have to say, I care less about me, but hear what Jesus has to say. And uh, so we've got the Queen of Sheba, came from Bathsheba, lots of Shebas going on there in, in Solomon's life. Um, but Solomon himself, he can't take credit for all this wisdom that he wrote here. This is inspired by, by God, no more than, than any of us, myself included, standing up here, can take credit for anything that is written here. And how I interpret it or anything like that, it's all spoken by divine inspiration from God. So always remember that uh, Solomon and any of his greatness only had it because of Jesus. So the first couple chapters, chapters 1 through 9 of the book, are really written as an introduction. And then in chapter 10, it really starts to break into this sort of two-part verse where the, the first part of the verse makes a point and then the second part of the verse really kind of drives it home or solidifies it or even compares and contrasts it to 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 life. So um so here we go. Verse one. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son maketh a glad father, but fo- a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. We if you have kids here, you know your kids uh, you know what you know what's going on here. Right? You know the 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 situation that that you're faced with daily of just the sleeplessness and the stress and the anxiety that comes from just having kids. They they press you to that point of of just deep concern constantly. I know my kids, uh, they're wonderful. I love them, and, and and not trying to pick on them at all here. <laughs> Usually in chapel, I have to get approval before I tell stories like this. But the other day, I had a little situation at home. Um, we left to go to a basketball game. We came back. I was dropping my son off. And he goes, what's that flicker of light going on in my room? I go, I don't know. Did you light a candle up there? He goes, gosh, I, yeah, I did. I go, well, just go check on it. It's probably the candlelight flicking. So he came in. He's telling me this story. He goes, "Dad, I came in. He goes, I went to the bathroom. I thought, all right, I better go blow out that candle. He goes, I came upstairs and the bedroom. wall was on fire. And I said, Oh my goodness. He goes, Yeah. He goes, Tell me about it. He goes, If I'd have waited like ten more seconds, he goes, I don't know what would have happened. And it just like struck some fear in me. And and I just was thinking about that. I was reading this verse. I was like, Gosh, like, you know, just how we worry. And how we get anxious, and how our kids just, you know, we, we just want them to do well. We want them to be okay. We want them to, to survive. My prayer years ago was that my kids would just live to the age of 12. I thought if I can just give them a 12, I'll be six. I felt like that was a consideration for a good parent, you know. Uh, but I, yeah, the other, also that day, I found out my son. Was cooking bacon on the wood stove. I'm like, guys, listen, we got to have a family talk. Things got to change around here. No more candles. No more cooking bacon on the wood stove. Change. Give me all your lighters and matches and fire starters and sparkers and and everything. Uh, but but even deeper than that, just as if you are a parent, you can understand how you want your kids to just be okay, and you want them to be safe, and you want to not have to worry about them, our Heavenly Father has got the same feelings towards you, towards me. He wants us to be okay. Some of you guys are thinking, I'm never letting my kids go over there. (laughs) (laughs) Verse 2, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. To be where righteousness is, is my prayer all the time. I'm always saying like, Lord, wherever things are right, put me there. Wherever things are righteous before you, just I'll stand there because I know I'll be fine. But just plant me there. And not that I'm always there. I'm not claiming to be righteous in any kind of way. But I I think about all the time, like in every situation that life throws at you, I'm always constantly like, Lord, all right, where are you in this? Because where you are is where I want to be. The Lord will, verse 3, the Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. To famish, to be hungry. Now, I know this isn't talking directly about hunger because I'm hungry all the time. I'm actually hungry right now. but, But deeper, you know, when we are walking with the Lord and we are where he is and we are walking in that righteousness, we are spiritually fed and anything that comes our way we know it's going to be okay because we're where the lord is we're, we're 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 full we're good we're all set um and i just i thought of this the soul i read this somewhere the soul can flourish even when the body is afflicted and you hear all these stories about about missionaries and different people in these crazy situations where they're in prison or they're getting beaten or they're starving or they're in the cold or whatever it is and they're rejoicing and i think about that like boy we can really learn something here like like they're not hungry really they're not really cold they're not really like all those things are like just earthly things like they are so spiritually filled that all those things are just they're they're not even an issue and that's the kind of i I want to have that kind of walk with the lord i want to be there Verse four, he becometh poor that dealeth with the slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Now, obviously talking about laziness here, Um, but think about spiritual laziness for a minute. What, what does that look like? You know, we know that, you know, let's just be real. Sometimes it's, you know, you get in a little trend where you're reading your Bible faithfully every day. You're praying, you're taking time to pour into your kids and pour into your spouse and And things are going good. But then you just kind of get that slack hand going where you you start kind of drifting. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you just feel lost. And even though nothing in your life maybe has changed, you just feel very outside of the Lord's righteous way. But be careful that, you know, the enemy would love to just get you busy about life to the point where you just become lazy about your spiritual walk. It's the most important thing. Feed your soul. Verse 5, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in the harvest is a son that causes shame. I I know, you know, some of you guys are probably into gardening and probably very successful. I myself have tried for years to have gardens. I, I'm trying again this year, but I don't know what it is. I just cannot get it nailed down. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I just feel like I get lazy in the harvest i don't know what happens but i i'm really gung-ho about it i've got the ground tilled up nice i'm throwing fertilizers in i'm planting the plants really well and i'm just plucking all these little weeds and everything's a okay and then all of a sudden i go out of town for a weekend or i i forget oh yeah i have a garden oh my like, goodness and i'm back behind the barn checking i'm like whoa where did the garden go and you know you see an obscure tomato or a cucumber growing over here and you know it's just out of control and I, I think about that like God wants us to constantly be recognizing like the harvest is now like I know we think of like you know fruits and vegetables harvest time fall you know things are ready cut the grain down get the corn going but the harvest spiritually is is right now today it's not this fall it's not this summer it's not that these specific seasons, the Bible teaches that the harvest is right now. Like, don't wait. Like, like, be on your toes. Be ready. God might bring someone to you today that needs to hear the truth. God might open up some doors for you to get involved with something where he'll use you mightily. He is. I mean, all of you guys just being here today is a testimony to the Lord. You know, this matters. Fellowship matters. His word matters. You get together and gather around it because you know it's truth, and he wants to use you. I I know, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I I found in my own life, just specifically dealing with me, and it probably would apply to everybody, but if I'm not pouring out in some kind of way, everything that I take in starts to get really stale. Like, I love spending time with the Lord, but if I'm not actually putting it into action And doing something, it just life just feels really stale. And I don't believe that that's how God intended it to be. He's not just filling us up so we can sit there on the shelf full and and good. He wants us to be poured out so he can fill us up again regularly and be used regularly. It's constant, it's living. Where am I? Verse 6. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. I'm always trying to check my mouth. Uh, it can get in places it shouldn't be. It can get speaking things it shouldn't be speaking. And, and I, I, you know, we know that we have to weigh our words. But to really examine, like, what is coming out of your life, what is coming out of your mouth? What is coming out of what are you pouring out? Is there spiritually something going on that is is fruitful? You know, I mean, really think about it. sometimes we have to get real, sometimes we have to really examine where we're at. And, and and one of the blessings that I found is God already knows where you're at. You don't have to pretend with Him, you don't have to try, oh God, let me um and then, pack this up here and make it look good before I present He's already here. He knows where you're at. You know, he knows what comes out of your mouth. He knows what's coming out of your life. And he wants us to get close to him. Verse seven, the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. I know when, um, when I was younger, I, I didn't walk with the Lord until I was a senior in high school. And I, I've been sharing with the kids here at school for years, how if I could go back and change that, I would change everything. You could go right back to kindergarten. I would be changing everything. I would do everything differently. I would choose my friends differently. I would choose what I did on the weekend differently. My music, musical selection would be different. Everything, all my extracurricular activities, they would all change. And, uh, because of that, now I have a bit of a memory that is a bit of a shame, really, in a lot of ways. And don't take this the wrong way. Obviously, God has covered that, and you know He He casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. But in a physical sense, I I I have these memories of things. I have these recollections of things that sometimes a little reminders come up, and I think of things I said or things I did or places I was, and and. And it just it it's heavy, it's heavy on your heart. And uh, I I think I I try to share with my own kids and, and all the young people and, and any of us really adults or whatever, like moving forward in life, like forgetting what is behind, but but letting that memory of it be something that compels you to live a life moving forward with Jesus without regretting things. We all have regrets. I'm going to have regrets. There's, you know, I regret my children cooking bacon on the wood stove. I mean, we have regrets. They're always going to be there. Life is like that. But I want to minimize that. I want to, when I take a step, I I don't want to look back and think I took the wrong step. And it's the blessing there that is there with the Lord is that if your heart is to do what's right before the Lord, he'll make every step the right step. I remember when I was young, I had a big decision to make, and my mom has always been a blessing to me in, in so many ways, but definitely in deep spiritual ways, and, and my dad, too. Dad, for you here, both you guys, great job. <laughs> uh, but I remember one time I had a big decision to make, and I was praying that the Lord would just show me what to do. I was young. I was single. Um, I don't even remember what the decision was, moving into an apartment with a group of people or something, maybe. But I said, Mom, I don't really care what I do. I just want to know that my decision is the one that pleases the Lord. And she shared the scripture with me. She said, blessed is, well, blessed, the Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness for they'll be filled. And I said, mom, that has nothing to do with decision-making. What, what, uh, you know, I need a verse about decision-making that just tells me this or this. And she goes, well, if you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness to come out of your life, then won't God make whatever decision you do choose the right one. I mean, can't he can, he can realign the stars to, to make your choice the right one, eternally speaking. And I just found comfort. I'm like, wow, mom, nice job. Like, <laughs> gosh, I need to listen to you more often. I learned that the hard way. <clears throat> um, verse 8. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a pratting fool shall fall. Pratting, or someone that just speaks and utters a bunch of gibberish. Um, but I think about the receiving of the commandments. Like, I mean, for for all, for all of us right here, for me included, if we're going to receive these words, like there is a blessing that comes. And sometimes it's so hard to receive. I know uh, you talk about criticism. Nobody likes criticism. We none of us like to be hammered with what what we should change in our lives or what we're doing wrong. Uh, but I, I have learned that 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 criticism is necessary uh, that that i need to receive it i need to be able to receive things i'm always trying to tell people around me like look I, you know it's hard sometimes but i got to you know share with me what you got to share and i got to be able to take it i got to be able to receive it i heard a pastor say recently as he's growing older in ministry and he said he is learning one thing that how critical it is to 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 um to grow thicker skin and a softer heart to be able to receive things uh, and to be able to take the criticism, to be able to take the, the correction and to be able to receive from people. It's a hard thing to do sometimes, you know, immediately when someone comes to us with, with an issue, I mean, I'm, you know, we put the boxing gloves on and we're ready to go. All right, go ahead and share with me whatever you got to share with me. That's not the heart that the Lord wants us to have. Verse nine He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Walking surely. I want to walk surely. I want my steps to be solid. I want them to be on on firm foundation. I don't know why it's so hilarious to watch the videos of people falling. Uh, It just, me and my wife will sit there in bed and just tears coming out of our eyes just watching these funny YouTube video clips of people tripping on their dash. Door cams or whatever it is, and sliding down the driveway on the ice, and it's hilarious. But I, I, I don't want to live life like that. I want to be sure-footed. I want my foot to be on solid ground when I take those steps. I want them to be planted firmly in the truth of, of God's word. And you know, for people that are perverting their ways, it's going to be known. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be known. Um. Matthew 10 26 mentions that nothing hid, there's nothing hid that will not be known. You, you, you're not getting away with anything. You know, you try and sometimes we try and cut corners, sometimes we try and take the easy way, sometimes we try and skip over things and, and shortchange what God has called us to. And God's, it's, it's going to be known. I remember as a kid, even now as an adult, I have just learned, like, hey, listen, anything before the Lord that I do that's not pleasing to him, somebody's going to find out. People are going to know. I had this fear when I was younger that, like, like can my relatives who passed away, like, can they see the bad things that I'm doing? If they're up in heaven, are they kind of like, like, when I get up there, am I going to get a whooping? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't think that's the case, but... It did strike some fear into me as a child. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. That winking, you know, you think of someone that winks, you know, when I'm playing games with my kids, you know, I'll I'll make a joke or something. I'll look at someone, they'll look at me like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, winking at me. It's a joke. You know, play along. But it's Manipulation. And sometimes we have this idea that that we can pull a fast one on God, and we think that with our pratting foolish words that we can we can talk our way out of it. Like God, listen, let me explain to you what really happened here. Like He doesn't know, like He's not already seeing everything. He's got the hearts of all of us all figured out better than we know ourselves. Verse 11, the mouth of the righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. That well of life. You know, we live in a part of the world where fresh water is, is everywhere. Too much so sometimes, right? We've got flooding in our basements and our lawns are covered with mud because there's so much water here. So it's sometimes hard to relate, but the majority of the world is looking for water and how to get water. Uh, not the majority, but a good chunk of the world doesn't have fresh running water like we do here. And I think about that sometimes, like we, we, we sort of take it for granted, but I want my life uh, to not take that for granted, to not to, to, to be a well of water that when people are around me, like there's something just kind of flourishing, pouring out, the good things coming out of me. I want people when they see me or you or any of us to see God's goodness in our lives, verse twelve. This gets a little harsh here. Hatred stirth up strifes, but love covers sins. Hatred is a strong word, and if if we can just be real for one second and think. Like, are there people, it just sounds harsh to say, are there people that we hate? You know, are there people that if we could think of them, would there be a list of them? You know, maybe it's just one, maybe it's two. Right now, just being real, I can think of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Hopefully this isn't on the air. Is this going live? (laughs) Struggling with that one right now? Uh, no, but I mean, the, the second part of the verse, it talks about love covering. So, you know, I was thinking about it as I was just putting some notes together. I'm like, gosh, every time I see them on TV and I'm watching football and I want to watch the game and I see clips of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and hatred wells up. And I should be praying for them. Right. I should be. Oh, Lord, give me a heart for these people. They matter to you as much as they're driving me crazy. Pray for them. Let's all commit to praying for Travis and Taylor. They need it. (laughs) Uh, But what does love look like when it's covering? You know, what does it look like specifically to you? You know, it's easy to say, love covers. Hey, love covers, right, man? All right, hey, Godspeed. But I wrote down some words when love is covering, it's, it's overlooking, it's speedily forgiving, it's not doubting, it's not exposing, it's forbearing, it's understanding, it's forgetting. That's what it looks like. I mean, if there's people right now that maybe in your mind, you're like, yeah, there's a few people on my list. Maybe they need some of that covering. Verse 13, in the lips of him that hateth understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod their old rod here, is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Nobody likes correction, but without it, we would be lost. I need correction. The Bible says the gods chastens those that he loves. I remember when my one son was little, uh, I don't know how old he was, maybe three or four. I won't mention which son, but I had to move his mattress to put some new bed sheets on his bed and I pulled the bed out and there tucked behind his bed was all the spanking spoons I was like, wow <laughs> I' wondering where those things were going <laughs> uh, but nobody likes that nobody likes the old rod of correction you know it's hard to receive it's hard to to, uh, to take especially when it's you know when it's from someone that you're close with you know sometimes that's the hardest. Uh, but but as we're reading the other verse, being someone that can receive, being someone here that can be corrected, like, like welcome, welcome it. Verse 14 continues and says, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. That idea of laying up the knowledge, laying up the instruction, laying up the correction, laying up the 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 lessons in life like welcoming this like a stockpile like yes these are the things that i have learned i have some most of them the hard way but these are the things that i'm learning in life and laying that up is like a treasure the, the, all through proverbs solomon is talking about this treasure of wisdom you know to know god's heart to know who he is verse 15 is strong i'm sorry the rich man's wealth is his strong city, and the destruction of the poor is, is their poverty, the rich man's wealth. Uh, you, you got to recognize something that Solomon is oftentimes referring to riches and treasure and wealth, uh, but about half the time he's he's encouraging the, that wealth is a, is a good thing, but the other half of the time, if you actually look at the verses and interpret the, the meaning of them, he's actually saying beware of it. Be careful of it. Be careful of the earthly treasures. Be careful of the stuff that the world has to offer you and entice you with. Don't get all locked up in that stuff. But God's riches are different, right? They're a strong city. They're a refuge. We are safe when we're encompassed in his city. Like, that's where I want to be. That's where there's safety inside God's strong city. That's where there's riches. Verse 16, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life, and the fruit of the wicked to sin. No pain, no gain. Right? That pretty much says it all there. <laughs> no, but beyond that, I find that the hardest things in life, at least in my life, most of the hardest things that I've been through are have turned out to be the biggest blessings I've ever received. You know, I know, just speaking of my own kids, uh, you know, watching my wife on a delivery table, I won't, she's promised her I will not get into too many details, but uh, it was hard. It was hard. All of our children were C-sections, and, um, and it was tough. Uh, but I can't tell you what it felt like to actually have one of my kids, like, you know, those little Tables. They got the wheels on little incubator tables, like wheeling them out down the hall. Like, gosh, this is the greatest thing I could I could ever have. So, pretty cool. Um, but just that idea that out of something that is like really hard and harsh, and you know, I, I remember just all right. I won't get into it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see me later. I've got lots of details about these events. Um, just the, the, the blessings that come from the most difficult things you'll go through. Uh, I mean, I got saved because of just trauma and drama and hard things as a teenager, you know, that as much as I despise some of those events and circumstances, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be saved if God hadn't brought me through them. God is bringing every one of you guys through something. I know that. Not a person in this room right now that doesn't have something harsh and heavy going on. And as God is going to bring you through that, he's got something big planned. So hold on to that. Know that there's something so much greater that he's working. Verse 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. King James for you. Instruction. I have been humbled many of times because I didn't read the instructions and because I didn't heed them and I found myself in just crazy mode trying to figure things out. My wife's always faithful to come in and go, did you read the instructions? Like, no, that would be a great idea. She's like, just saying. (laughs) But these are your instructions. This is it right here. You know, get into it. Read it. Don't think that you can go through life without it. We think sometimes we can put the stuff together without the instructions. Don't think that we can put our lives together without these instructions right here. Eighteen. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he, and he that others slander is a fool. I, I've checked myself before because I, I get sometimes comfortable hiding hatred. You know, we, we, we learn how to kind of get through life and kind of how to just manage certain people. And you've got someone that you really can't stand and you see them and you're like, oh, hi, God bless you. Wonderful brother, great to see you. You know, and there's that bit of hatred going on, that little spite. that, don't do that. That's, gosh, That I, I found that holding on to some of those things in my heart, in my life, I do nothing but, just bring destruction. I can remember one uh, one guy years ago that um, he's not here right now, so it's you know, it's nobody in here. Uh, but just a, uh, a wonderful friend of mine, I'm very close with. But we had we had it out one time, and we went like toe to toe right out in the parking lot here. It was great. It was <laughs> probably about 15 years ago now but we just both shared with each other what was on our minds and we were in each other's faces and our noses were about 3 inches apart my wife came up to me she says is everything okay i said you can go home i'll be home shortly and by the time we were done we were hugging each other and praying for each other and i feel like we have a bond now that that uh, I, you know is really deep like we've been down that road of of really being mad at each other and because God kind of helped us through it, like there's something, like there's a solid brother, brother connection there now, and and I say that we talk about it all the time. We kind of laugh about it now, but um, beware of that because it creeps in, and if you don't do something with about it, 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 it it's going to fester into something ugly. It definitely did for me that day. I, I, we could have easily walked away, never being friends again, but because we kind of purposed to both. Like, let's just sort this out here. And we we stayed there for a couple hours, and uh, it was fruitful. Praise the Lord. Gained a good friend. (laughs) Verse 19, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Uh, I've heard it said that there is more opportunity for sin in talking than there is in listening something to note. Sometimes we think we can work our way out of things just by talking and, and and God's already got everything figured out. But I had a student at school the other day. It was funny. He got in trouble and, and, uh, I gotta be careful. Parents might be here. Uh, but, uh, it it was, it turned into something good. But when the kid originally got in trouble, boy, he had just a, a whole story to tell of why he did what he did and explaining it all. And, and, uh, you know, just going through this whole storyline. And I thought, boy, that's, that's a lot of words there. But, you know, it's almost so much easier to just get to the point point. just be like, you know what? I did wrong and I, I shouldn't have done it, you know, to be like that with the Lord. Lord, I did wrong and I, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have acted that way and stop trying to explain things to God. Verse 20, 21 kind of couple these together the tongue of the just is as choice silver and the heart of the wicked is little worth and the lips of the righteous feed many but fools die for want of wisdom there is such a weight to our words there's such a lasting value to them and it can be for good and it can be for evil uh, i i you know just that idea of like feeding people with your words like encouraging people with your words i can think of when I was young, just things that people said to me that were crushing and things that people said to me that were so uplifting. And I remember I used to have a pastor years ago. Every time he'd see me, he'd come up to me he'd like, hey man, how you doing? Looking good. I'm like, Yeah, am I looking good? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, What are you working out or something? I'm like, maybe, no, I'm not, but I'm yeah, just, you know, he just made you feel encouraged, you know. I don't know why I had to stand over here, what to show you my profile, but <laughs> I don't work out. <laughs> Sorry. in case you needed a visual. Oh <laughs> uh, but to, to stop and think about it, like is encouraging coming out of is encouraging stuff coming out of your life? When you're around people, are you, are you encouraging them? Or are you just tearing them down? Or are you even to the point where you're insecure and you're just saying things to make yourself feel good? I mean, there's a lot happening in our dialogue every day. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? I'm not just, I'm not, I hope you know, I'm not standing up here speaking any of this as if I've got it all figured out. This is directly, really everything I'm saying here is directed at me first, and I'm just sharing it with you guys. But to examine that, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. I thought of the rich young ruler, if you know that interchange with Jesus um, where is it? I think I wrote it down here. Luke eighteen, yeah, there's this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and talks about following him and living for him. and then Jesus says to we 'Well'll sell everything and come follow me.' And the guy goes away sorrowful. you know, and its it just an example to me of of uh, when your focus is just the earthly treasures or what you can gain in this selfish world that we live in, that's not where it's at. God didn't design you for that. Not that there's anything wrong with being rich or wealthy or any of that. God does amazing things in ministry situations and all kinds of ways with that. But just that idea of the earthly treasures and just being so focused on that, I can easily get so tied up in what this world has to offer. And it can bring a lot of sorrow, but the riches of God, they don't bring sorrow. The things that God offers me, they don't leave me like worried and wondering and and stressing. Or if I put all my stock in things of this world, I could see how I could easily be stressing and worried and sleepless, making sure my stuff is okay. Not how he wants us to live. Verse 23. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. This idea of a sport or a game. Don't think that you for a minute that you can play games with your flesh or sin or the things that 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 come with all of that i i i'm sure there's not a person in this room that hasn't learned boy you start messing with some of that stuff you start playing games with that you find yourself in a pickle really quickly you find yourself in a place you don't want to be you find yourself in trouble <clears throat> Now, worth it. Verse 24, the fear of the wicked. Now note this, the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. This fear of the wicked, always worried that you're going to get busted, always worried that you're going to get caught, always worried that something bad is going to happen. That's the fear of the wicked. And for all of us, our luck runs out. It's going to run out sooner or later. If it doesn't sometime in our lifetime, it will at the end of our lifetime if we think that we can play games with, with all this stuff. But remember that verse. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Verse 25. As the whirlwind passeth, passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. This idea of everything that this world has, it all being this this whirlwind. You know, just this crazy, I think of a tornado just terrorizing our lives and just turning it all into just a messy pit of craziness. This earthly junk is all going to get blown away someday. The only things that are going to last are the things that are eternal. Dust in the wind, right? Great song. (laughs) Actually, it kind of broke my heart. I was thinking about that song. And these people were definitely searching that, wrote it. like, And they recognized that all we are is dust in the wind. Gosh, I hope somebody shared that there's more to them. There's more to life for them. It just kind of breaks your heart to think of this. You know, I know that song was written a while ago, but just that culture of people or the culture in, the, in this day and age, like just thinking like, man, that's all we are. We're just a bunch of dirt in the wind. But God has so much more for you, for me, for all of us. Here's a good one. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eye, so is the sluggard to them that send him. We get sluggish in our walk with the Lord. Like vinegar, I looked up, what, what does vinegar do to your teeth? I was kind of curious. Some people said they use it for whitening. But it said if you actually get too much vinegar on your teeth, it'll actually soften the enamel and your teeth will begin to rot. And then we know what smoke in the eyes does. It makes it so you can't see anything. But I just was thinking about this idea of how we get kind of lost in the things in our lives sometimes. And all of a sudden, you, you, you have no more discernment. You can't see through the smoke. And everything in your life just starts to kind of turn to mush. It starts to rot. It starts to lose lose its sturdiness. And before long, you just find that everything's falling apart. I don't know if you've been there before, but I've felt that where I'm like, Lord, without you, I'm going to fall apart. Everything's going to rot here if I don't get back close to you. Right? And then I just feel like I'm going through life with like smoky eyes. Like I can't see. I can't tell what's right anymore. I just don't like living that way. Was driving here this morning. and I'm like, was thinking about this first. My windshield was all covered in frost and everything. I'm like, why do I do this? I got a tiny little square that I'm trying to drive. I'm like, why? <laughs> just wait three minutes for it to defrost. I just so anxious. And we can get like that in life where we just we just want to keep going. We don't want to slow down. Before we know it, we're like way off track, and we have lost discernment and understanding what's right and wrong. Verse 27, here's more fear here, fear of God. It says, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. That's the kind of fear I want to have, not fear of this world and what what kind of craziness is going on here, but fear of the Lord. And every time I see fear in the Bible, I underline and I write next to it, awe. Be in awe of God constantly, daily, every moment. Every time you walk outside and you see all of his creation i woke up this morning it was really kind of a neat morning the frost was everywhere and this the moon just a sliver was out and the sky was different colors and and just to be in awe of god like you spoke all this into existence like recognize that he is god that he is holy that he is he's got it all under control be in awe Verse 28 and 29, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but to destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. We walk with the Lord and we have hope. We have gladness. We have strength. We see those words in those verses. I don't know how people live without the Lord. I don't know how they get through stuff without him. I don't, I I remember living like that. I don't want to go back to that. And I, you know, you see all this craziness going on out there. Gosh, it's like never ending now. It just seems like it's, you know, stuff going on in the Middle East and with the Red Sea and with the border and just, it, you know, not even to get into the political end of it. But gosh, like my hope is in you, Lord. It's like so comforting just to put my head on the pillow at night and just think, you know what, Lord, the whole universe could be on fire. My hope is in you. I'm okay. I know I'll be okay. You are my joy. You are my gladness. You are my strength. Verse 30, the righteous shall never be removed. He's not going to let you be shaken. He's not going to let you be blown away. He's going to sustain you. He's going to keep you. It's him that's going to do it, not you, him. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. And the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. I want my life to be acceptable to the Lord. I want Him to say, "Look, I, I see what you're doing, Justin, and 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 I accept it." I want it to be something that pleases Him. I want it to be an offering to Him. I want it to. I'm sharing with the kids all the time, like, guys, be a living sacrifice. They're always like, what? That sounds kind of grotesque. I'm like, oh, listen, live your life as a sacrifice to the Lord. Do everything as if you're doing it unto him, that all of it would be acceptable in his eyes. He knows that we go through stuff. He knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we're struggling. He knows that all of us are sitting here right now, myself included, maybe thinking, everything's not acceptable right now in my life but I want it to be. The Bible says, be perfect. He is perfect. I'm, I know I'm not perfect, but that's a commandment in God's word. But that tells me that he's making me perfect. One day when I get to be with him forever, everything will be perfect. I, I want to live a life that's acceptable to the Lord. I was thinking of this verse in uh, Psalm 1914. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable In your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I'm going to pray, and we are going to do communion. But I just want to give you guys a little heads up. Uh, we got some new little guys here. Don't be alarmed. Uh, There's a little cracker in there for you. It is gluten-free. It's a little package deal. We're going to chuck them out to people. We're going to pass them around like like we normally do. But uh, yeah. A little bit of a new program, so I just wanted to share that. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you have done, Lord. Lord, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Lord. And as we're about to take communion, Lord, it is a time where we just remember your body that was broken, Lord, your blood that was shed. Lord, it's just cracker and juice, Lord. But but to us, what you did, Lord, was everything. And it's why we're here why we can stand it's why we can have hope it's why these verses that we read in proverbs make sense lord because you're real and you're working in the hearts of your people lord and if we can have a heart that receives all these things lord we're going to be blessed lord that's what the book of proverbs is about lord it's what this entire book is about lord if we can receive these things that you have written here lord there is a blessing coming Lord, and we know that our lives are so safe and secure with you, Lord. There is no place that'd rather be than right where you are, Lord, staying in, in, in a path of righteousness, Lord, walking with you for all the days of our lives, Lord. Lord, we'd be lost without you, Lord, and just thank you so much for the blessing it is, Lord, to be together here and to be with you, Lord, always, in Jesus' name.